and welcome to episode number 85 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It's February 13th. My name is Daryl. Today, I'm once again joined by my very good friend, Sergio. How are you, man? Daryl, I am doing pretty amazing. This year has been great. Every week is getting better. The games are good. The gaming culture is good. You know, we're not getting a lot of news, but do we need them? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> we do. No, I, I agree with you. Actually, uh, it's it's been, uh, I you know I think it's it's been kind of an anticipatory year. I think we're like we're getting ready for stuff. Um, yes, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're building up to it. So, uh, are you back around to happy on Animal Crossing again, or are you still? Angry no, we're good. We're, okay, we're, we're good. We're besties. Sweet, good. Oh, the world <laughs> is good again. I am glad to hear that. And you heard him. Uh, Kevin, how are you, man? Man, I just gotta say, I'm feeling effervescent. You know, I got my kombucha <laughs> oh. back at again. Oh, Shout out okay. to the Brew Doctor from Portland. Okay, I know, I know we've no. we've gone over this a million no, no. times. We're done. No, wait, no, no. Let me just say it real quick. Clear of no. mind has rosemary, mint, sage, and green tea. It is a no, very good. I said we're done. <laughs> Fine. Sponsorous, please. Anyway, yeah. How are you doing, Daryl? I'm okay. I just had I I had my moment of the year thus far just a few minutes ago. I told Sergio <laughs> something he did not know about Animal Crossing. It's true. Uh, he can verify it later on. There you go. So you are a bigger Animal Crossing fan oh. confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. Done. Okay. Uh, so with that, uh, we have kind of a, uh, a fun episode uh, just getting through some backlog of stuff. Kevin, what are we doing? Oh man, what are we doing? I'm gonna tell you what we're doing. We're gonna do bump, 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 on the spot. I think the fourth one. And listener mail. So we got questions <laughs> for each of us, from each of us, and questions from our listeners. You know what it is. You know how we do it. We're doing things the right way, the way it's been done in the situation that beholds our true character of good <laughs> podcasting. Now, yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> good pa- good podcasting that does not answer listener mails nearly often enough. So the, true, uh, but you know this is our chance to sorry. You know, just you know get get back with our listeners. You know they've been asking some questions. You know back and forth. You know day after day. And we're like now it's the time they're going to answer some questions, and then from us as well because we always got some questions that we want to ask each other. So. It's the table conversation. We're getting ready. You know, who's going to go first? I don't know. One of us will. <laughs> and and most most podcasts in this vein, we would actually share our questions with each other. No, no, that's no, not in the didn't. vein of on the spot. We don't know what we're going to ask. So. Right, right. That's why it's on the spot. <laughs> Ooh, it could be anything. Um, so mm. I am going to start it off with a fun one from Swilly uh, in our Discord. What are some of the worst level mechanics in games? Uh, he mentioned uh, somebody really disliking wind mechanics. What other mechanics do you just not enjoy regardless of the game? I, I, mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, I can man. start on this one. Yeah, for me, quicksand. Every game that has ever had quicksand in it, I just hate it. Like mm. the sand that kind of like drags you down and you can't jump very well out of it. Even like one of the best games of all time, Super Metroid has it, and I hate that section. Um, it's just it's just awful. It's not fun. It's anti fun. So yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh you know, for me, it what I call the demon souls mechanic. Now, it's not the worst level mechanic. Uh, it's not the worst. But I don't enjoy it because, you know, if I have a bunch of gold, right? Say, I don't know, 
Shovelnet, right? Because they basically, if you fall into the the pit, or you just you know you you lose H, you know enough HP, or you just fall into the pit, you lose a bunch of gold. And sometimes when you lose the gold, it's in a place where you can't even reach for it the next time, and so you lose that gold forever. It's like, oh man, I guess I just have to you know try harder and collect more gold. And I mean, it is annoying. I don't enjoy it, but I do revel in the challenge. I don't think it's the worst level mechanic, but I don't enjoy it. That's a good Man. pick, and, and heaven forbid you die at some other place while you're trying to get back there. And oh no! Oh, oh gosh! Yeah. You know, and and credit to those. I don't know who invented this mechanic, but credit to that person. So whoever you are, good <laughs> you <for> suck. You. <laughs> <I think laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I'm gonna go with water levels. Just swimming in really? general in games. I mean, you. I mean, sometimes you even have like two different swimming speeds, but I, I feel like it's never perfect. And then you always, for the most part, you always have to be worrying about, oh, do I have enough oxygen? When do I have to go back? Can I make it to the surface in time? It's realistic, but it's annoying. And then <laughs> it changes the physics too. You know, you move differently. You might not be able to move at full speed. Ah, it's annoying. And then it's funny because in... Pretty much in Mario Kart 8 or even 8 Deluxe, you know, sometimes you're underwater and nothing really changes. And for when I when I first realized that, that kind of bothered me. Like I thought, hey, they're just breathing underwater, no problem. But now that I think about it, I mean, that's how I like my water, <laughs> non-intrusive, <laughs> very you know, breathable. Yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of of one level in I don't know Sonic the Hedgehog 2 chemical plant zone when i was a little uh, kid sonic yeah. water levels are the worst things in the world oh my goodness they're this the worst one... things in gaming i mean it yeah i hate sonic water i i, uh, I don't know why i just ugh. it's just it's just the most ironic thing you know granted that you have this super fast hedgehog which just goes blazing fast and then only to be slowed down by water i mean and then, <laughs> and then you're underwater and you're slow because you're like on the wrong side of a hill or something like that and then uh, eventually it starts the dit, 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 dit. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible it's but then when who you thought hear that the, was a good idea <laughs> i don't know but when you hear that what what <laughs> you know when he, he uh you know catches the bubble it's all good. <laughs> it's not all good. It still sucks. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was just trying to find, you know, the silver lining here, but overall, it sucks. So I but, actually kind of yeah. like water levels most of the time. I I, I hate Sonic levels, uh, Sonic water levels, but uh, most of the time, especially in like, um, so the Donkey Kong Country games, I think yes. do underwater levels really, really well. Uh, I think you can do them, and I think they're pretty fun uh, when they're done right. But yeah. What about wind mechanics? So the mm. the first first thing that we got brought up was wind mechanics. Um, I actually tend to like them in games. What about you guys? Yeah, they can they can open up some interesting like puzzle mechanics. You can you immediately think of Zelda. You know, if there's a wind behind you, you're probably gonna jump further. At least in the the top view, uh, Zeldas. Yeah, I like them. They they make you think. They make things interesting. I really like the way Celeste does the wind mechanic. Yeah, because. You know, given the fact that you have the dash, and then you, you know, it's just, and then you have the ability to, you know, uh, just be able to get through level by level, and you have to be very methodical in how you approach certain platforms and all that. So uh, they do it pretty well. So I don't, I would not say that is the worst level mechanic, but I think it's a pretty when done well, it's very good. Yeah, fair enough. So there you go. Those are the those are the worst level mechanics in games. Sergio, what oh, question damn. do you got? Uh. Can we ask one from Shy Guy? I mean, he asked him when he was a listener. 
Oh. And this week he is a listener, so... Oh. <laughs> hmm. Technically it counts. And yeah. then he doesn't get to answer his own question, so then it's even better. <laughs> you know what? Yes, yes. Ask one from Shy Guy. Nice. Well, I like this one. He uh, Shy Guy asks, can a game have too much content, even if all that content is high quality? And I'm going to go with a resounding yes, and um, I immediately think of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which was a really good game, but in my opinion, it was too long for what it was. I believe it had five ma- uh, mansions or areas in total. I feel like four would have been better, um, and maybe three in a smaller one, because th- they were too big. So it was all good, like good content, good missions. Not it wasn't repetitive either. It was just good, but uh, it it felt like it dragged on a little bit. Mm. You know, I'm mm. very mixed about this one because yeah. I was gonna say no because I was thinking about I don't know Fire Emblem. You know, there was a lot of good content, especially with the missions and the paralogs, and they're all very good, high quality. So I think that's a good example of a game having too much content, but in a good way. Uh, mm. A game that doesn't in a bad way. I you know what. I don't know. I mm, that's a hard one. I have to think about this. Zero. So yeah, yeah. I, I get on it if uh, only if I actually care about this, like seeing the completion of the game. Uh, mm. So I've played games that have too many levels. Um, I've played games <laughs> that had like too much in there, and and it's just a little overwhelming and such. But uh, that only is a negative thing in my opinion. If uh, if and only if I want to see the end of the game. So then I start going with like these story-driven games that drag on a little bit in the mid-range, which typically points me at uh, maybe RPGs a little bit. You know, mm. not every RPG needs to be 90 hours, guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, some some of them are, are uh, you know, uh, better if they're in the 30-hour mark. But, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm... If if you kind of come from the um, I can put this game down type mentality, I don't really think that a game can have too much content. But um, if you do get invested in it, I have gotten to the point where I started resenting games because uh, you know they were quote unquote preventing me from playing other games. Um, so I, I kind of mm-hmm. get I, I get the point of it. Uh, actually, when he asked this, I think he was playing uh, Rayman Legends, which has a ton of stages in it, and I think that kind of. A jump there for that particular game, I'd probably say no, to be honest, because it's a it's a platformer and you don't care about the story. It's a platformer. You you play for the stages, so if you put it down mm. for a while and then come back to it and have all new stages, great. You know, <laughs> like yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I do have to agree with the RPGs. Like, you know, I think okay, I think one thing I just thought of Xenoblade Chronicles Two. I mean, the part about you know trying to get all the what do you call them? Is it the drivers? You're just getting all the drivers. I got so obsessed. I'm like, yo, I want all the drivers in the world, you know, and trying to figure out different ways to That's get all. Kind them. of on you though, getting all the all the I, blades. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. That's that's why I'm so mixed because it's like it is good content, but it's on me because I don't have to do it, but I really want to. It's there. I want to do it. You know, I want to. <laughs> I I felt like a completionist at one point. <laughs> I was like, man, I just have to get all of them and just try different combinations. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Oh, anyway. Xenoblade 2 actually, uh, it dragged at times, but God, if I didn't love that game, I, I did. Mm. Like, that's what I was playing. I'm like, this game is simultaneously amazing and terrible, and I love it. It's great. So, whatever. Yeah, I, I really didn't like the voice actors. Um, you know, 
they i mean i thought it was a really good job especially rex oh man that just that scottish mm. i don't yeah, know i like i like nia a lot in that yes mm-hmm. Nia's good too oh boy uh, cool <laughs> i think we exhausted that one uh kevin you want to grab a question yeah i got one Mm-mm-mm. another one from our man shy guy the gamer lane it works <laughs> we all know it does can you explain the science behind it for us mm. so, can I, i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back the curtain on this this question uh, a little bit wait uh okay <laughs> <laughs> we had a discussion like five minutes before the show started on what is the gamer league? <laughs> you know what? I, so we're I, obviously I'm gonna the admit, experts on it. <laughs> I, I'm going to admit I was that guy. I did not know what that meant until, you know, I looked at them like, okay, now I know. Because, you know, there's things in life where, like, I know what it is, but I don't know the name of it, you know? And I'm like, okay, the gamer lane. Uh, it It works when you think it does. <laughs> does that make sense? Like, <laughs> especially when, you know, I'm playing, Call- let, let's, example, 2010, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, okay? Let's just, let's just put it into perspective, okay? So, you have this guy named Kevin, you know, he has, he's trying to go from 0.3 KDR to hopefully 1 KDR. And right now, he's about like 0.5 to whatever, you know, around that ballpark, that ballpark. And, uh, and he's just, he's playing through every single match, getting frustrated, throwing the controller up and down, you know, within the five-foot heights. And then as he plays match after match, I don't know why I'm talking about in the third person, but he just gets very, (laughs) he he leans more, he leans, like, to the point where he goes from five feet away from the screen to, like, a foot. And at that point, it's like, oh, I can barely That's see all the... That's a heck of a lean, my friend. <laughs> right. It's, it's a big lean, you know. And sometimes with the lean, you have to scooch in your chair a little bit, you know, because you just want... You feel like the more you do it, the better you'll have a chance to win, which is just... Does not make sense. But for a while, he realizes, oh, well, maybe I should just sit up straight and not hurt, hurt his back. Or maybe I should sit up straight and not hurt my back. And in the end... I don't think that helped, <laughs> but but at times it felt like it did work for me when I right. wanted to work. Does that make sense? I don't. I mean, yeah. It, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I switched between first and third, but it just felt very appropriate. You He's know, just adding to the legend, man. Right. You know, come on. Because when it comes to Call of Duty, you have to know. You have to know. The, the, the real players in the game, okay? I mean, yeah, I was a 0.3 KDR. I admit, I was terrible. Then I became decent, all right? And and when you have that sort of achievement, that improvement in your life, you know that you can play with the best of them. I'm done hyping myself up right now, so... <laughs> well, what were you guys? <laughs> I, I think you said it really well. It Like, whether it works or not, you know, whether it makes you play better for that intense part of whatever game you're playing... I mean, it works as an enhancer. You're probably enjoying yourself more by by leaning. I mean, you know, Rocket League Overtime, you're going to be leaning. Uh, Smash Brothers, Last Talk, you're going to be leaning. It it just (laughs) happens. It's part of the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have have a twofold answer on this. and I mean, keep in mind, I did, you know, this, I'm a former tournament player. Like, um, I, I have mm-hmm. uh, had my fair share of, of leans <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, so it's twofold, uh, in my opinion. And, and to actually get a little scientific on it, um, one is purely superstitious. 
So <laughs> one is purely, you know, you're wearing a baseball hat. You turn it backwards to change your luck. You lean forward to change your oh, luck. It I like that. Purely superstitious. Uh, no. I've seen people do that. Like they're down two stocks in in Smash, and then they lean forward. They're like, oh, this, I gotta, you know, I gotta change this. So, and honestly, to be honest. It works, uh, especially if you have like like if you're watching a sport and you turn your head around, you're probably not you know, you're probably not affecting the game. I'm sorry, um, but if you're actually playing and you turn your head around, giving yourself kind of a mental no, I've got this. You know the 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 Ash Ketchum. You know, <laughs> take, take my hat, turn around, and, and you know be a completely different competitor. That kind of does work. It's a mental thing um, that that hypes you up. Uh, and but the actual the the second reason it's all about focus it's all about getting into what you're doing and having pure focus on it because as soon as like uh you lose focus you start thinking about how the controller feels in your hands or like you're leaning back and you're you know there's something out of the corner of your eye or something then you've lost the game Right, mm-hmm. right. If you're playing something like Rocket League or Smash or you know anything competitive, you lean forward. That's the actual act of like, no, this is this is my focus. I'm gonna be focused on this, and then this is uh, that. You just get more like in tune with the actual game, more in tune with what you're actually doing, and and yeah, you can actually physically improve by leaning forward. It's so dumb, but it's true. <laughs> it it. Uh, as you're playing games, if you start taking them kind of seriously, paying attention to your own body posture and, and how you are uh, playing the game is actually a huge part of it. Uh, look at some old Smash Melee sets. Um, Hungrybox used to stand up during his matches. Um, oh, wow. For the same reason, just to stay focused, stay you yeah. know, a little uncomfortable, you know, so he could he could kind of, like, be awake, be there in the game, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's interesting. That's a good point, and I'm glad you brought it up because, you know, having even like a the switch with the baseball cap or standing up or just whatever you can do to have that 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 reset, I think it is very important. And not just in video game, but in like all walks of life, you know, like especially if you're at work and you're trying to solve a problem or something, then you, you know, maybe take a break. You know, you, you go outside for a bit. You, you do a 10-minute walk. You come back and you're refreshed. I'm like, okay, I think, now I think I know how to... You know, I, 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 you get a breather, and then you can um, calm down a little bit, and then soon enough, you'll know how to solve the problem that you're facing at that time. So I think it is important. Uh, focus and reset, they come hand in hand, so very good. Yeah. Uh, nice. So jumping over to a question from Dragon. Um, Do you think lives in video games, namely platformers, is an archaic system that doesn't deserve to return? Is it simply a waste of time, or is it okay to have, in some cases, depending on how well it's balanced, are game overs obsolete? Ah. Ooh, that is a, that's a good one. I think it depends on the game. You know, like, when you have a game like Celeste, uh, you know, like, every time you, you know, you fall into a pit, or you get, like, onto the spikes or whatever, or what have you, you know, you're, you're always gonna restart at the beginning of that area and so i think that makes sense um more so than just having like oh three lives then boom you have to start from the very very beginning of the stage in games like ninja gaiden uh i i think for what it's trying to do to be you know very difficult and it's like hey if you want to win if you want to get through the stage you have to do it with a certain number of chances and if you can't do it you gotta try again 
it just depends on the intention of the game that you're playing. And and so I I, I don't think it's archaic. I think it's just a case by case basis, depending on the genre, depending on the game, and what the developers want to want want the game to intend for the player. So yeah, I agree, and it's a very good way to to have a genre. Uh, let's just say you know the classic platformer that can feel that can have like two different flavors to it. Mm. You can have the classic one where you have three or five lives and then it's game over, or it's instant uh, reboot to where you last died, like Celeste or a lot of recent games. And, you know, it's more of a recent mechanic. So the one with lives and with game overs, it's more classic. So it's just two different flavors for the same genre. I, I don't think it's archaic. I don't think it has to go away. It They can coexist. One is just more classic, more traditional in a way one is more modern it, it, like like uh kevin like you said it just depends on whether the developer wants to to make you feel or the way they want to they want the way they want you to approach the game do you want right. to keep mm-hmm. uh retrying again and again quickly or do you want to think more of it as a challenge that you have to uh complete it perfectly or almost perfectly within three lives it's it's a different approach I mean, so I I actually fall in the line that I do think it is archaic, uh, and I I think that a lot of modern oh. video game makers think it's make archaic as well, as evidenced by uh, when was the last Mario game you played that you could actually like run out of lives? Oh, you know what? Come to think of it, like, there are lives yeah. in Mario games, but they also give you like millions of them. So who cares, right? Like, mm-hmm. right? Mario Mario games use one ups literally as a uh, you know, a reward for finding a one-up. Like it's not as an actual like <laughs> I can keep playing this game longer because at any given point you have eighty-seven lives, right? Like, um, <laughs> who cares? Uh, and and the more games I play, you know, Donkey Kong Country kind of did the same thing. Like it had lives, but they kind of didn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and that's a hard game too, and it's just kind of the same thing. And so right. you see a lot of games kind of go in the, the direction of Celeste uh, where, you know, there are no lives, period, just restart, right? Um, the games that have the mechanic that you mentioned, Kevin, are kind of like that too. Like you die, you you have a punishment for death um, that you then got to go like gather up your gold, but you can't like die five times and then restart the game or something like that, right? <laughs> right. Which is literally what um, like Blaster Master on NES, if you died a number of times, you had to restart the game. There was no continue. <laughs> like It was just over. Mm. So all of that stemmed from arcade games mm-hmm. uh, originally. So arcade games are built to make money by having you purchase lives pretty much, right? Uh, I... I understand why they came over like that because home consoles kind of modeled arcade games for a little bit, but as we kind of grew away from that, I can't think of an actually really good reason why, okay, if you fail five times at this, we're going to make you play more of what you just played. That doesn't really make sense from a like a logical point of view for me. Um, and there are some games that still kind of do that, but it's just like, why? And I, I can't, like I like a lot of games that do that. Uh, Mega Man X games in particular um, kind of have that mechanic where you know you, right. you go into a level with three lives. If you lose all your lives, then you got to restart the level as opposed to starting from a checkpoint. Um, 
that got brought up as kind of a point of contention. And honestly, I couldn't defend it because I don't know exactly what the benefit is there. You know what? Now that you brought that up, I can see why you'd say it's archaic. And when I think about games like Ninja Gaiden, you know, and even the old Mario games, you know, you if you compare the length of those games to like the, the games like now, like Celeste and all that, like they're a lot the shorter. They're a lot shorter, right? And so because the fact that they had the the lives, it made it seem like it's it's a longer game than it really is. And so I think at that time when you know the length of games, the the, the true length of games, assuming that you don't die, like like even once, which is like nearly impossible, um, you know, it's it's compared, yeah, definitely a lot shorter than uh, what we have now. So in that sense, yes, it, it it is archaic. But I still think that there is a way to have lives in the game that <sighs> so i i don't disagree with you but what was the last game you played with a live slash continue slash game over strategy that like you thought did it well oh boy <laughs> i'm honestly mm. trying to think of that myself I, 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 I yeah i can't think of one right now uh one that did it well uh ninja gaiden was mm, <laughs> ninja gaiden was a, awful about it was awful yeah i was really <laughs> bad about that Oh boy, I have and to just like even that. I mean, you're going back like... to NES games, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I, All right. <laughs> I guess where I kind of land on it is like, has a game ever been enhanced by making you play more of what you just played before? Mm, I guess in the end, <laughs> not really. Well, okay, I guess because like even back, like maybe it, maybe the expectations are different because like back then it's like, oh, okay, this is what we're used to. Like, oh, like you know, we, you know, you have three lives then you lose all of them you go back to the very beginning of the stage and it was very typical for developers to have it that way but now it's like okay well it's not that punishing and games don't have to be dictated by having to, a good game doesn't have to be dictated by having to you know have that challenge and if you lose all of the lives you have to go all the way back it, you know it's the standards are a lot different now and i think it's in a better place like I'm going to say again, Celeste is a very good example of it. I mean, you know, it's a tough game, but it is very forgiving when it comes to, you know, if you if you die at a certain spot, you can go back to a certain, like, you know, the beginning of the, the area. And I think that is the right way to go about it. And I think Celeste does, is a very good example of that. So Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's probably a best in class at this point for the, like, the level-based uh, platformer where you enter a room and then that's your checkpoint i think they do a great job and i also want to mention one thing uh shovel knight does an extremely good job too you know you can just break the checkpoint and take the crystal right and like if you die like the next air in the next area that's on you because yeah you, you didn't have to take the crystal. <laughs> you go all the way back but that's your fault yeah I, I agree so so i think i think that is a good example of having that sort of like lives in the way it's not really a life but it's just like you know you you took the risk you get the, you get some money, but you lose some of it. You go all the way back. That's on you. You know. <laughs> so. The only thing I'll say to kind of counter my own argument here, uh, if I think back to um, some games, if you make them easier through the use of like save states and rewinds and such, you don't come to gain the same level of appreciation for those games. Right. If if that makes sense. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Like the old Mega Man games and such, like you were forced to kind of replay those levels a few times, and you would gain more of it's kind of weird, like more of a appreciation for the levels themselves as you were playing them more. Um, kind of crappy reasoning, but you know mm. it's there. Like you, you, 
learn the levels a lot more and you gain okay you're doing this here i got it and then you start kind of speed running the levels a little bit you get better at them and such it's like so that little loop was kind of interesting um and a benefit to it but that yeah that's uh the the only thing i'll say is as you take away challenge like that um you also see this in like uh, if you play metal slug games on console yes. now that you can just buy credits quote unquote buy credits by hitting a button <laughs> or whatever those games are like kind of boring like they're they're cool still but then you just like lock, stock up on like 20 lives and you're like well i can't lose <laughs> you know right. so you just kind of run through it um so that you know there's a mix i don't I don't know that it is completely 100% phased out at this point, but I do definitely trend into the, yeah, this is this is kind of an old concept of games that most games don't need to lean into anymore, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think you made some really good points about that. I guess what I was also thinking is that uh, the game over mechanic might work much better for something that is procedurally generated. Uh, I'm thinking yeah. something like The Binding of Isaac. Because mm. if you have to restart, if you lose three or five lives or what have you, whatever you're going to do again, at least it's going to be a little bit different because the, the levels, Absolutely. the enemies are randomized. So in that system, I think it works really well. Oh, Sergio, you just made a fantastic point. So that, that question I yeah. asked of a, common, uh, a current game doing it well, pretty much every roguelike is that strategy now of, absolutely yeah yeah right. you have you have a set number of you know times you can get hit or something and then you restart the game um and that actually is the loop of the game and yeah so roguelikes there you go there that's mm -hmm. that's your champion right there yeah and thank you sergio for pointing out i like to add flint hook as a good example of that mm -hmm. because it follows the same sort of formula right um and yeah i mean well there we go well We've definitely fleshed that question. Solved out. it. <laughs> Got it. Uh, uh, Sergio, you want to ask the next one? I like this one also by Dragon. He asked, are credit themes in games underrated? Like no. the, the music that plays in credits. You, you, you think no? No. Next question. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so it's a it's a game a piece of game music that you typically listen to once ever and don't remember after you've uh, beaten the game after a while. So yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, not only that, but I mean, there are a lot of games that we play and we don't finish, so we don't even get to that part. And I'm also thinking sometimes if you beat a game, if you didn't really like it, you might just walk away <laughs> while the credits are playing, or if you liked it a lot, <laughs> yeah, you might true. be you might be you know hyping about it, like tweeting about it or doing something, just celebrating, and you're not really paying attention to the music. There's a lot of reasons why you would miss that music, and usually, it's either a really good remix of the music in the game or a very unique piece. They're usually really good, so yeah, definitely underrated. Yeah, I agree. You know, both y'all have made some good points on that. Because when you think of credits, like even when you're a little kid, you just want to skip through all of that, right? You don't want to, you don't care about like who, like yeah. all like the different people who made it. As, and I, I think that's a fact. Um, but later on, as you grow older and you start to appreciate the people who actually make those games, you know, then I, I think that yeah, we still tune in and we see who who's the, who's done what. Especially if if you know someone who is part of that that project, that game, which you know definitely uh, deserves. A, a spot, it, it, a, you know, just part in the spotlight. So, yeah, I definitely think it's underrated, and I should personally for me, I definitely should pay more attention to you know the 
the, the songs. And nowadays, like when the credits roll, I just, I just, you know, well, I get lucky. We can't get lucky if there's like different scenes in the game that show up during the credit theme credits, where <laughs> you know, like, like you know, just which is nice. But yeah, I aside from the point, credit themes, man. I don't even know because for me, I really like Pokemon Sword and Shield rival music and. The credit music, I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. I wish I yeah, I wish yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and there's, there's a lot of those that and typically it's a it's a uh, a nice overture that kind of goes through a bunch of the game themes up yes. to that point. So typically it's kind of a almost a recap of the game's music. Um right. Zelda games do that really well and they have a little like, you know, where are these characters now and everybody's dancing type, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, ending <laughs> scenes that are that are pretty magical. But uh yeah, so uh, they, I mean, of course they're underrated. You you pretty much only listen to them once, and you may not listen to them then. So yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Next question, man. All right, next question. Ooh, I gotta go with the big shots question. Okay, you can enroll any video game character into Garrick Mock, which is the setting of Fire Emblem Three Houses, mind you, and recruit them into your house. Who are you you recruiting and what class are you making them Ooh boy probably okay. doom guy yeah <laughs> doom guy <laughs> <laughs> grand scheme of things dude with a gigantic gun running through fire emblem yeah probably that yep that's uh, that's a good one and what class <laughs> um i'm just going to go with doom guy yeah. <laughs> Put down the hashtag Doom guy. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I, I wanted to answer this real and say you know Link or something like that, but then I saw it. Nah, <laughs> probably Master Chief. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Sam, Samus uh, Aran. Yeah, that this this is the the method I'm going. I just think it's um they're not ready for that. <laughs> nice, good choice. Well, I was thinking L- Lara Croft as an archer slash thief. Oh, like that's that. a good one. I think she would yeah. feel the great. Yep. Okay. Wow. That's a good one, too. Well, you know what? I'm going to go with something maybe off the wall here. Uh, I'm going to go with Parappa the Rapper, but <laughs> not in a rapping way. In a, you know, like, think of Parappa the Rapper, but more of a medieval version. And instead of rapping, he does, like, folklore poems or whatever. And then he would be either a bard or a dancer. Oh, my Maybe goodness. a bard. <laughs> and and like he would have this ability to you know if say like you use his ability right and then you have to like press the buttons in a very timely manner like in, when you're you know dancing to the music <laughs> or you know in, in a folk song or whatever and then if you do it right if you get it perfect that the character that just moved can move two more times and attack two more times it's not even a mechanic in fire emblem though I know, but wouldn't that be great? Like, no. come on. I mean, you know, it, it's like bordering Tokyo Mirage sessions a little, sh- sessions a little bit, but not really. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's what I. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Off the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's do let's do one more round of these because uh, we actually got some really good questions. So I'm gonna go. I'm going to go back to Dragon, and this one is going to... This one's... Uh, I'm interested to see how this one goes. Who has better enemies? Mario or Zelda? Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Man, that... Mm. That's a tough one. 
the spicy one. Yeah, ooh. It is spicy. <laughs> I think <laughs> there's a clear sauce. answer here. I really do. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, man. I think the clear answer is Mario. Ooh, Mario. Ooh, okay. Which, you know, raise your hand if you expected me to go that route. I'm not raising my hand right now. But no, I think the clear answer is Mario. <laughs> uh, because Mario's enemies are so freaking likable. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are they mm-hmm. are they really good at being bad guys? No, not really. But Mario's all kind of a stage play anyway, and they've successfully made um heroes and, you know, icons out of things like Koopa Troopas and you know, Piranha Plant made it into Smash and Bowser is just so freaking adorable and, you know, yeah. So I think in, in definitely in terms of likability, got to have to go with Mario here. Yeah. I, I, I probably have to say the same. I think, and the thing is, is because, like, yeah, it, there's a variety, and also a lot of the enemies they show up in different games. Like they play tennis well, together. Everybody's yeah. friends, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And and even Super Mario Kart, you know, Bowser. You know, can you imagine Bowser and Donkey Kong Jr. in from way, way, way back in 1981? Um, you know, it's 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 very it. Yeah, I have to say in terms better could mean. You know more inclusion it could be you know they could be vicious they could be you know but in this case because the enemies in mario games have more of a spotlight than the enemies in zelda i mean you have ganon and gandorf whatever that's it <laughs> uh and, well yeah. yeah i mean if we go through through the zelda bad guys and you remove ganondorf from the picture the complexity yeah. <laughs> of the enemies really falls apart right <laughs> that's it that's all you got <laughs> <laughs> like you've got bokoblins and moblins and and things, but eh, I compare that to Goombas and Koopas and <laughs> Hammer Bros and so it's no contest. It really is not. Mm-hmm. And then think about: Would it make sense if Bowser and the Koopas and the Goombas eventually said, "Okay, enough friending. Let's actually fight these guys"? You know, Mario and Luigi and the gang. That would be a cool premise if you turn that around and you look at Zelda and then all of a sudden an Octorok wants to be your friend. It's like, whoa, what's going on? (laughs) This doesn't make sense. Stop. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like this. (laughs) Uh Oh, man. So there you go. That's your answer. Yeah. Mario, (laughs) definitive answer. Nice. Mario. All right, Sergio, one more. Here we go. Question by... Ganjerico, I believe, or Ganjericho, they say, mm-hmm. have you ever played the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles spin-off, My Life as a King? If so, did you like it? Have you even heard of it before? I think we could get any other Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles spin-offs. You know, I've heard of this game. I believe it also has, there's two of those for WiiWare. Yep. And one of them was like the big first games for WiiWare back in the day. Um, they sound interesting. I I kind of think to like Final Fantasy spinoffs. I guess maybe because they they take less time to play than the actual mainline series, and you know they <laughs> yeah. take more liberties. They can have all the characters from all the series, which is pretty awesome. Uh, I did not play it, but I heard good things about it. I'm all for Final Fantasy spinoffs for sure. I gotta be honest, I have no idea what that was, <laughs> so I have to look it up right now. I'm like, I'm looking at it right now on Wikipedia, a city building game. Yeah. Uh, how, wow. That's... Yeah, it's, it's more of a simulation. So there's two of them. There's My Life as a King and My Life as a Dark Lord. Um, so yes, Whoa. I've heard about them. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I did not play them. 
Uh, so I love Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. These were so different. Um, and also, the Crystal Chronicles franchise, as it were, kind of fell apart after the first game uh, yeah. for mm-hmm. me. Like, Ring of Fates was decent. Echoes of Time was actually pretty good, but it didn't match the first game at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Neither one of them did. And then there was a Wii game called The Crystal Bears, which was completely different and awful. Um, <laughs> and then there were the two WiiWare spinoffs, which kind of came out, and I just kind of ignored them <laughs> at the time because they were very different. Uh, I heard they were great. Unfortunately, WiiWare has been shut down, so there's no way to get these games anymore. Oh, no. So they technically, um, they're not available uh, to to get. So, yeah, no, I didn't play them. Uh, I did definitely hear about them, especially uh, after the fact. People hyped them up, but... Um, yeah, didn't didn't really take the opportunity. And it's cool that these are spin-offs from uh, a spin-off in a way, and it goes to show you how big Final Fantasy is. We might talk about that later in the show. Hmm. Oh, I hope we do. <laughs> I hope we do because again, from a previous episode, it is my favorite series of all time. Uh, that and that may or may not change, may or may not change depending on how Final Fantasy VII remake does. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all yeah. nine parts of that. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm now I'm I'm not feeling that great now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know we'll it's going to happen. I'm not even like I I know, but I mean, if there're nine really good parts, like okay, which will be done by 2030, but I mean still, I mean, that'll be <laughs> Yeah. We're all going to be in like our 50s by the time this game is done and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I I plan to live until 109, so I think I should. Yeah, Good. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Then you then you have time to play it. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Let it be known. Uh, All right, Kevin. One more question, man. One more question. Let's see. Wow. Oh boy. One more question. You know, I was gonna ask one from Shy Guy. This is a very short one, but <laughs> I don't, don't know if it's a. Don't ask the dog question. Yes, your oh, dog okay. is a good boy. There's your question. Yes. Okay. Shy. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Very good. Uh. Okay. So next question by Dragon or Dragon. Do you believe that a long running family friendly series owes it to its older audience to mature in its gameplay or themes in order to appeal to that specific older fan audience? Or is it okay for a series to remain essentially as it always has, as a means to remain accessible in virtually every aspect? favoring a new generation of players. Now, I know what he's trying to get at. Really? Is, is this <laughs> I, based I, I, on a I, single I, game? I, I think so. You know, I, I think the theme is Pokemon. <laughs> and what do you what do y'all think? I mean, is is this in order? Like, you know, this is a pretty awesome question because we've talked about this in at least two or three episodes, including a review of one of the, ser- of one of the games in the series. Um, Sergio, what do you think? It's tough. I think the ideal answer is probably not the easiest answer, yeah. which is to split it, have uh, a part of the series that stays the way it has for the younger generation to enjoy the way we did, exactly like we did, and mm-hmm. then a more mature, evolving part of the series that kind of goes with how most of the original players are maturing or growing as people. So... We want a Pokemon series that stays true to form and then a more mature, realistic Pokemon spin-off or side series. I mean, easy to say, right? It would take double the development team and money and effort and timing. But man, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably disqualified from talking about Pokemon again <laughs> at this point. Uh, I think mm. there's a difference between timeless and dumbed down. Is is what I'm gonna say. Like Mario games are are timeless. Mario games appeal to every audience, kids, adults, everyone. Pokemon, in my opinion, if you didn't play the originals, eh, it's pushing it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's mostly a nostalgia play at this point, and that, uh, yeah, I I I already kind of said my thoughts on it. I don't think it's enough. Yeah, I I think it depends on the intention. I mean, if the company is trying to just make their games just a cash cow, milk it for all it's worth, then yeah, they could do whatever they want. And just they don't owe it to anybody, but if they do care about the direction of the franchise in terms of being able to appeal to, you know, all audiences, I, I think it is important to be able to be adaptable. You know, I think Zelda is a very good example. The Legend of Zelda, you know, from from the very beginning, where it's just this very simple, just, you know, going around the venture and then trying to, just trying to, you know, save the princess and all that. And uh, to like, talking about like in breath of the wild you know do you have different themes of like you know there's betrayal distrust there's there's like disappointment there's like this the the bur- the burden of having to save the world i mean i think a lot of those sort of overarching themes um mean they are just they're very well known and they they touch us in so many ways because we do want to be that person who can make a difference and so i think it depends so yeah i think it depends on the intention of the company um, whether it's for money, for for being for being well known, or just to have a series that you know people can be relate to and re- and remember by, so yeah, it's a tough question for me. I'm I'm split. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> well, well, there you have it, Dragon. Another question. <laughs> Another question partially <laughs> answered. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into the fun time of actually reading our own questions for each other. And I'm going to start with Sergio. Mm-hmm. Just because. <laughs> nice. Okay. So the foreshadowing becomes... Reality. The <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Uh, imagine that Nintendo is going to release one last Amiibo figure. It's not going to have anything special, really. It's not going to come with a game. It's not going to... It's not really even going to have any features on the games that are out there, but it's Nintendo's last Amiibo, officially. It's not going to be really, like, bigger than the others. It's going to be your typical Amiibo. It can be a plush if it works better as a plush, but it is the last one. So, Mm -hmm. who do you choose? Who do you think deserves it the most? It's not who you want, but it's more about... What character would make the most impact as the last amiibo? Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that is okay. Oh it's my tough. god! Way to put it, Serge. Like, <laughs> man, I did not. Okay, wow. That the the my my body just felt twice as heavy now. I'm trying to figure out what to say. Um, to make the last impact. Okay. Yeah, so, I have oh. some honorable mentions. I'll I'll say those at the end. But my answer is. A character or someone from Final Fantasy. And I think, you know, we talked about Final Fantasy. It has so many things. It has games. It has spinoffs. It has movies, music. It has its own concert series. Like, it has everything. What doesn't Mm. it have? So, the thing is, which one is more recognizable or significant? 
a chocobo or a moogle? Oh, gosh. I'm not going to lie. A little moogle uh, yeah. would be like really appealing for some reason. <laughs> I, I'm I'm 60-40 split between a moogle and a chocobo. I mean, moogles, there's just... There's, they have more, there's more of a variety of Moogles with different personalities than Chocobos. So I would have to say Moogle, 60-40 split. Mm. And there are a multiplicative of Moogle personalities. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes. Return of the word. <laughs> the, the, you guys well, are killing actually, me every time you do that. Actually. <laughs> I just want you I, to know. Because, well, Daryl, we talked about this before. Daryl said that the way we used it was wrong. So before and and granted yeah but so i think in that in that sense we should say what so yes it is multiple or we could say uh the number wait the amount of moogle i don't know can we can we just correct this (laughs) no i think it's we're going with moogle koopa moogle koopa okay all right i'm gonna gonna forget trying to use the word multiplicative correctly so but yes moogle yes I am honestly trying to think of a Nintendo character at this point that is not fully represented in some fashion in Amiibo. At least there's series. <sighs> mm. I'm having Man. a hard time. I really am. I have one, but I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. Nathan upon Drake. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would be amazing. Day, day negative five purchase. Like, I would... Put it in my hand before I even buy it. Before I even think about it, just I want the amiibo. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Does it have to be a Nintendo character? It has to be right. Okay. Dang it. Well, Final Fantasy is not a Nintendo character. I know. (laughs) I was thinking one of Final Fantasy. Uh, Oof, boy. Impact. Impact. I mean, even if you wanted to, if it's already an amiibo, but maybe a different form of it. If it's really that significant, you know, I I really like Squall Leonhart. I I think that he is probably the most underrated Final Fantasy character, main character. Uh, but also, I believe that he has the most Im- he can have the most impact because of the way he mm. you know, he the way he grew up and how he lived his life. And yeah, he you know was very very had a very interesting attitude of sorts. You know, just was not very social and just kept to himself a lot of the times but then as you as squall you know you go through your journey you find out more of his past and why he acts that way i think it's like it's a coming of age and i think that uh he can have a long-lasting impact if he were to be the last amiibo now i don't think he would i think there'll be a lot of pitchforks initially because <laughs> yeah. it's like why this dude he's not even the final fantasy character i would pick <laughs> right because people would think maybe Cloud or I don't know. Well, yeah, Cloud already Cloud. has one. Oh yeah, he has one. Yeah, uh, or Cecil. I think okay, Cecil would be a good one actually. Cecil Honestly, if one. if any uh, Final Fantasy character were, I would definitely go with like a Black Mage, like the old style, oh, like blue yeah. robe. Yeah, That's who has one. shown up in a Mario game? So true. Yeah. All right. Well, that I would. Put it in my hand before I before I <laughs> press buy. <laughs> like, like Black Mage. Uh, uh, up until recently, I would have said Banjo Kazooie, but that's coming now. Mm. Right. Oh, that that would have been a good one if it wasn't coming. That's right. Yeah, but it is now. So. Yeah. 
I think I'm just going to be an extreme homer, and I, you know, <laughs> we're very uh, square-centric on this one, but uh, Gino. I would love a Gino Amiibo. Oh, Gino I can see that. Would be great. It would look so cool, because it looked like the little doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it's confirmed that he's not coming to Smash. The That's, only other thing I, I think we're, <laughs> we're actually missing at this point is, like, I, th- I feel like Pig Ganon should have one. Like oh. I'm talking like NES blue pig Ganon, I think should have mm. one. Because all we got blue is like yeah. weird looking Ganondorf at this point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'd be a nice one. Yeah, I would buy that one. And we've got like seven versions of Link, so come on, man. Yeah, yeah that's way too many. I think your Geno answer was a really good one though. I <sighs> The viruses from Dr. Mario would be a good one. <laughs> hey, that would actually be kind of a cool one. I, I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, cool. Yeah, I'm just going to stick cool. with that. <laughs> well, the honorable mentions that I had, imagine Spyro, because in yeah, a way he's kind of the original Skylander, which kind of led to Amiibo, right? Th- that's a good call, yeah. Oh. And then for you, Daryl, non-specific action figure. <laughs> for me? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like that question mm-hmm. a lot, Kevin. You gotta follow that though. Oh, I I got okay, okay. I got one now, Daryl. I know your favorite series of all time. You know, Pokemon has been in your mind, but <laughs> I, I I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna say it's this. Been okay? <laughs> it's been somewhere. It's been somewhere. But you know, we've seen the same formula time and time again. You know, you're you're a trainer. You want to be the best that never was. Um, to be the Pokemon master, obviously. I really don't. <laughs> yeah. But what if, you know, the Pokemon company said, hey, we're not going to do this for the next game. We're going to do something different. We're going to, you know, and, and the choices are you could be a Pokemon coordinator, which you can participate in Pokemon contests. Uh, you can be a Pokemon connoisseur, which is a person, now I'm reading from Wikipedia, who specializes in identifying the compatibility between Pokemon trainers and their Pokemon, or you'd be a Pokemon breeder. Which game out of those three, you know, awesome occupations would you want to have a game about? A connoisseur, a coordinator, or a breeder? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. I really oh okay, fine. No. I was just trying to yeah. If I, I mean, gotta I... pick one, it's gotta be a coordinator, I think. Okay. I think, because then uh, you could almost treat it like an Atelier game, uh, which would oh. be kind of interesting, but yeah. Fair enough. Sergio? I was thinking that too, but thinking more, <laughs> <laughs> a connoisseur sounds too fancy, first of all. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I'm a Pokemon connoisseur. It's, just, it's like <laughs> crazy good. And you would know so much about Pokemon. Like you're saying, you, you would have to match them with the perfect trainer. You would also have to communicate very well with each trainer. So I like that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. I mean, I think it would make a very good game. And it would be a lot more, a bit more, well, a bit more complex. And I think that it would make to be a very it would be i honestly think it could be a dark horse for a game of the year if they if they do it very well um because it's not just about battling it's about you know identifying that bond you know the, the compatibility and i think um uh, it's, it's relatable and i think that you know people can you, you're gonna hear more people who want to be a pokemon connoisseur than pokemon trainers hopefully 
<laughs> but we'll see. Pokemon Company, come on now. Yeah, I'm pitching. We we're pitching this idea to y'all. So <laughs> let us know. <laughs> okay. Or not. <laughs> nice. Game Freak, listen. Oh, man. So I have a okay. question that I actually posted in our Discord and on Twitter, and you guys didn't answer, so ha-ha. Uh, oh, all no. Right. Here's my oh. question. Specific games aside, what would you call your three favorite gaming genres today? And are they different than they were 10 years ago? Damn. Okay. Wow. Three so when genres. I asked this in our Discord, it instantly turned into a "what is a genre" conversation. I'm gonna <laughs> say this: try not to do things like my favorite genre is a basketball thieving genre, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> like, let's try to stick to more industry standard terms. But can we take it? Anyway? No. 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 <laughs> Um, okay. But so so try to stick to the more industry standard terms for for genres. But if you fudge it a little bit, no worries. Okay. Oh man, I can't say that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> you you got the accident too. Okay. I got, the, I got them you deep did. callbacks, man. You, you did, man. <laughs> if you like basketball thieving games. You know where to look for us. Definitely my favorite genre. <laughs> yes. Okay. So three, right? Um, yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to say right now, my, my top three, I'm going to go with RPG, roguelike, and adventure. Boom. You know what? And 10 years ago, I would not even know what a roguelike meant. I don't even, I don't think I've ever played that roguelike <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, and... I think 10 years ago it would be more like a platformer uh i think rpg would still be there yeah so mm. rpg is still a constant so the one thing i'll push on when you say rpg there's a ton of different rpg types okay j rpgs fair enough okay okay we're i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to it no bas- basketball thieving type <laughs> <Thanks>. of genre <laughs> games <laughs> all right <laughs> Mm. Nice. Well, for me, I'll, I I'm going with the constant first. I liked them back then, and I like them still today. Rhythm games, I love them. Yes. Now, let's go with the past first. I used to like action adventure, whatever we consider Zelda. Is that right? Action adventure. Yeah, kind of. Mm. I lump that as in, in as like adventure, kind of. But yeah, yeah, more more adventure than action, and. Metroidvanias, for sure. I I used to like them more than I like them now. So those two would be replaced today by visual novels. Oh, oh that's a good one. My oral mission. <laughs> <laughs> and what do we call it? Lighthearted kitty RPG Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a it's a JRPG. <laughs> it is. It is. A simplified JRPG. By yes, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> so what? Uh, so Animal Crossing is a visual novel for you? No, <laughs> I love Animal Crossing, but it's the only simulation ga- game. I, I guess I would we would call it. Right. It's the only one that I right. like. So mm. yeah. So yeah, when I. Th- think of my games I, I think of like um what game coming out like if you told me x genre was coming out i would be excited about it um 
nothing full stop like there's there's not a genre that you're like hey i'm bringing out a platform are you happy uh maybe you know um i think i've still got to call platformers in mind um just because of games like Mm -hmm. donkey kong country and celeste and um even even games you know in the mario franchise and such i do like platformers i always have so that's that's always kind of been on my list um then it gets a little tricky (laughs) uh so Zelda franchise is my favorite franchise of all time. I like games that kind of feel like Zelda, so if we lump those as adventure games, there you go. There's my number two. Mm. Uh, my third one is interesting, and it's something that was not true 10 years ago, um, and it would be shooters, uh, actually, which oh. probably surprises people. If I'm forced to narrow that down a little bit, I would narrow it down to third-person shooters. Um, mm-hmm. and the games kind of, that kind of broke me of that, uh, originally team fortress, uh, team fortress two, uh, really did. And then lately, more late, more recently games like Splatoon and Fortnite and overwatch and such. I, if I, if you show me a really good, like third person shooter, I'm probably in on it. Uh, so yeah, um, that's an interesting one. Uh, as of like 10 years ago, um, I used to think fighting games were among my favorite genres, but I just don't play that many of them. <laughs> Like, so (laughs) not really. And I also would have probably uh, considered, like, puzzle games in there. But, again, it... My actual like for that genre is so specific to a certain number of games that it's just like, (laughs) "Mm." if you tell me a puzzle game is coming to Switch, I'm probably like, okay. It's probably because we don't have a recent Tetris Attack type game. Exactly. Exactly. Hit the nail on the head there, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I like Tetris, and I like Tetris Attack, and literally everything else can go away. You hear Nintendo? Bring it back. You know, I I did think of one genre, if I were to play it like five years ago, I really enjoyed point-and-click adventure games five years ago. Yeah. Uh, Just especially the, you know, there was one in particular, I, I think it was actually six years ago, Grim Fandango Remastered. Really loved it. Mm-hmm. I still love it, but I just I'm just not into it as much, man. And ah, visual novels. I mean, Coffee Talk is 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 in my honorable mention. Is pushing visual novels back for me, and I don't know. I yeah, but RPGs though is still my constant for sure. I, I can't get enough of those. Nice. Yeah. Oh boy. Whew. Well, wait, we got through that one pretty well, actually. So <laughs> that was a hard question. We got through it. Um, Sergio, one more. One more. This is timing related, and we are recording close to Valentine's Day. What is the most underrated gaming couple? Whoa! When you say under yeah. underrated, what do you mean? Mm. I guess overlooked. Like they they're not discussed. That's you know, they're not uh, Mario and Peach. Of gotcha. Video <laughs> okay. game romance, basically. That's a good one. And to start oh, off, boy. I'm going to go with Yoshi and Birdo. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I, I would not think. Wow. Okay. That. Not, wow. Now I've. Hmm. Just, just, you know, assuming they are a couple, let's just go with yes. And, you know, they've been in a lot of <laughs> games together. I think the romance really started in Mario Kart Double Dash. They actually made a really good team there, man. That, that was actually pretty awesome. Um, it's a good game, by the way. Very good game. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that Birdo technically is supposed to be an enemy, but if she decides to be on the good side just to be more with Yoshi, that says a lot about that, their that's, their relationship. That's commitment right there. Yep. That, yeah, that sure is. <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. 
I gotta get back on this one. You're all, you go for it. <laughs> well, uh, I think the easy answer is probably I think Toad and Toadette are like the power couple of Nintendo at this point. Um, yeah. Just in general, no. Uh, so Link has this weird history of like having everyone in love with him always. <laughs> um, so I mean, going back to like uh, Ocarina That's of true. Time, maybe before that, dude, all the ladies, all of them, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, the ladies. All I don't ladies. fully get it, but I don't think that uh, in in some cases Link and Zelda are kind of a thing. In some cases, they're really not. Uh, right. One of the cases that they're not actually comes from my favorite game in the in the series, which is Wind Waker, um, where Link and Zelda are just kind of like you know they're they're bound by fate, kind of, but you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. In that game, I think honestly, I think Link and Medley were just. Like they were friends, they traveled together, they were like partners and such, and I think that that was, I think that was the, that was the couple for that game. Mm. Dang, that's. Oh, and you have a dog named Medley. Yeah, I do. Yep. There, well, there you go. <laughs> She's also one of my favorite Nintendo characters and my favorite dog. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Oh boy. Okay. You know what? I just gotta say, you know. I know there's Mario and Peach, but what about Mario and Daisy? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, we don't we don't what? talk about that. Is, are, isn't that underrated? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Luigi I don't really and Daisy are a thing, man. Mario's not what? there. What? What? That's not. Dude, oh, Mario Kart, man. they have a statue of them dancing. Come on. <laughs> oh man. All right. I, you know, okay. If I'm gonna go for underrated gaming couple, I gotta say I'm gonna go back to my main man, Squalene Heart. <laughs> And Renoa Hartley. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because when you think of Final Fantasy couples, you think of like, you know, Cloud and Aerith, okay? Cl- all the time. Or Cloud and, you know. Uh, Cecil and Rosa all the day. That is a good one. But I think Squall and Renoa, they are probably for me the most underrated. Um, yeah, I just, you know, you have this unlikable teenager who grows up to be a bit more likable. And then you have Renoa just, you know, trying to. Just trying to find her way in life, and you know, dated the wrong person, and fa- like in safer almacy. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm saying this last name. If I'm not, sorry. Uh, and yeah, I, and you go through the journey, and then they end up together, and boom. Uh, it's a, a love to be told. <laughs> so, nice. The real answer is Samus and the baby. I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I think Samus uh, and the Baby Metroid. I think that is the that's the underrated couple right there. Yes, Man. clearly. Yep. Okay, there that's we- weird. Kevin, <laughs> 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 okay, what's your next question, man? All right, all right. So imagine that you are the main character in an RPG, okay, and you have your two other companions on the venture. What will be your main weapons of choice? For all three? For all three. That's right. Because when it comes to, you know, RPGs, you, you know, every character has their specialty, right? You know, Cloud with the sword, you know, Sid with the, well, Sid from Final Fantasy VII with, you know, the spear, Kane with the spear from Final Fantasy IV, you know, uh, or even in... I don't know. Well, it's not exactly an RPG, but Fire Emblem. You know, you have Hector, the axe person. So what do y'all think? Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, my character has to be fairly standard. So sword, absolutely. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. My 
main partner, I'm going with some sort of bashing weapon, like a club or like a little heavier, you know, like uh, some 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 bashing uh, club or a mace or something like that. And it, that that works out. And then the third character obviously needs to be a mage. So yeah, fire. There you go. Ooh. Oh, that's the choices. One. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking along the same lines. I want the sword for sure. I feel like I would be that would be the best weapon for me, or the the one I would be the best with. Yeah. Um, I do want somebody with long range. I was thinking an archer, something like that. Hmm. Mm, I didn't think of a, a mage. That, that would have been nice. But I'm I'm with you there. Or somebody with a heavy hitting weapon. But I don't want an axe. I feel like the sword and the axe are a little similar. So I would I would want something else. Hmm. What about a hammer? Get the nunchuck guy. <laughs> is, he, is he busy this weekend? <laughs> no, he's not. Sweet. Uh, I'll get him. There you go. Nice. Oh, boy. With the inevitable monk character that has, like, the cat claws on his hand. Yeah, that. That one. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Kevin, did you answer that? I did not, but I would not go with a sword. Um, I would go with double knives. Basketball. Like... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, you could be playing ba- basketball too. It's like pretty basketball. much Final Fantasy X. You just throw <laughs> basketballs at people. I think yeah, it's like it's the. Um... It's one of the other characters, you know, the captain of that squad who uses the the ball and for that game that I can't think of because I can't believe how <laughs> crazy this could be. Uh, yeah, so double knives. My second character will have to be using magic, so some sort of wand. Uh, it could be like a sorcerer, and the third would be a giant hammer. Okay, specializing yeah. in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specializing in groundbreaking moves that are earth-shattering, revolutionary. That would that can just make the ground move. That's already groundbreaking. <laughs> so that's that's my choice. <laughs> and if they can, if they want, all of them can know how to play basketball. There would be some sort of basketball <laughs> type of game, and it. it would be an RPG where. By the way, the you know, name you were looking for is Waka. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Waka. Waka is my my guy. Even though I forgot his name. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, all right, my my question, the one I think it's gonna wrap us for now. Um, yeah. Until next time, if you could make one plausible video gaming crossover and have it come to Switch, what would it be? Oh, plausible. 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 Okay. Well, any game related to basketball and thieves are out of the picture. So Did say gotta... plausible. <laughs> yes, right. Is Both of my questions included caveats to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wait, so it has to actually cross two franchises, basically. Yes. Okay. Okay, let's see. Damn. Let's see. It's two franchises. Oh, I got a good one. Okay. Go ahead. Paper Mario and Tearaway. Oh, I like that. Ooh. Yes, that'll be that'll be awesome. I mean, I know Tearaway was more of a one-off. It did get ported to a PS4, but it kind of doesn't count like a 
a franchise, really? Kinda. I mean, this would make it. And it would be a return to form uh, because it would be a good RPG with experience and partners. And it would have all the whimsy of the Paper Mario series and the creativity and very cool paper crafting of Tearaway and very nice graphics. And it could mark the beginning of a nice relationship between Nintendo and Sony. Yeah, no, I, I really like that one. And Tearaway, I mean, it's underrated. I mean, I wish people... More people would talk about that game. Yes, uh, even I like mean, knew about it, right? Right, right. Like the Dog Island, you know. What I mean, I think. That was... <laughs> yeah, just Thank like you. that. Thank you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but for real though, Terraway is a pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my head is actually hurting. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? For me. You know, uh, I'm going to go with Parapta Rappa and Crypt of the Necrodancer. I think that would be an amazing crossover. Oh. You know, because I love, you know, for me, I love hip-hop. I love rap music. Well, you know, the older rap, not the new rap. Um, you know, some rap from, like, the golden age of hip-hop. That's another story. Um, or alternative hip-hop. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be just as, it would, yeah, I just want those two, you know, to, to be combined together into a... You know, just that roguelike, hip-hop, rap, rhythm, video, game. That's what I want. And I think it would be great because we need more Parappa the Rapper. Come on now. Like, it's not a basketball thief thing, but it's the next best thing. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, if you had said, uh, I want Final Fantasy crossed with Mario in a basketball game, that would have been a true game. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Oh, can I play? I want to play that. Yeah, it's it's Mario Hoops three on three on the DS, three DS. Yeah, somewhere. Yes. I I wish I played that. I've watched videos. You still can. Here's what you do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you go to eBay. <laughs> no, I'm Wait, I do have a two DS though. I did get it back. Yeah, you can uh, play my it. Friend, oh, nice. My friend, my friend uh, was done with it, and I have it back. But I don't know. I have something called the Nintendo Switch that has been uh, kept keeping me busy. Even though it is so hard to go back to the older systems at this point, I yes, uh, I don't understand. I'm looking up at the price for Mario Hoops real quick. Um, <laughs> oh, you can get it for ten bucks. There you go. Sweet. That's like the price of lunch. Sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a boring answer, uh, but I want any Nintendo crossover that is not Super Smash Brothers. At this no. point, I want any crossover between two franchises. Like a while back, there was like this weird, a few years ago actually, there was this weird rumor of like a Star Fox cross Metroid game that was mm -hmm. kind of being rumored. Um, Star Fox and F Zero have kind of been in the same type of universe from time to time. And I just wish that something like that would happen. Whether that is a Nintendo Kart. Um, as you know, Mario Kart with actual stages or courses on like, uh, Planet Zebes from Metroid, <laughs> you know, th mm -hmm. that would be awesome. It'd be fantastic. And I, I hope it happens. Um, one thing I've been dreaming about since I was a kid was a, imagine Smash Brothers done in the style of Kingdom Hearts. 
But fun and good, right? But fun and good. Um, so, um, yeah, just imagine like you're going on an RPG through the different Nintendo worlds, a la Smash Brothers, but in an RPG format, um, more in that style, and you could actually explore the worlds and such and go between them. Uh, yeah, mm. give me all of that, any of that. Any yes. two Nintendo franchises, I don't care what it is, bring me Kirby Cross F-Zero. I love it. Let's do yeah, it. Oh, I'm so glad you brought oh. it, brought F Zero into the picture because that would be amazing. It would be a day negative five purchase for me. <laughs> I that want doesn't it. exist, man. <laughs> oh, I know. Come on, don't. No, now my dreams are ruined. I want it in my. I want it in my possession <sighs> before I could even buy it. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> would you take a Nintendo version of Skylanders where you can scan any amiibo and it's there and basically you go through all the Nintendo worlds in like a collect-a-thon type of thing? Yeah, and I can't believe that didn't happen. I exactly. really can't. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. Man. Uh, <laughs> on that note, I think we should probably wrap it. Uh, Sergio, uh, we got one more. What? Ooh. Sorry, I just want to mention one thing. I just want to give a shout out to um, Ronnie Chang. <laughs> He's a Malaysian comedian, and one of those bits that he he likes to talk about is how, you know, we we rely a lot on having everything happen like right now, like Amazon Prime having like you know when you order on Amazon Prime, it's like put it in my hand before I buy it, and it's it's from his latest Netflix special. I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to mention it. That's what? why I've been talking about that. <laughs> so, um, I okay. thought it was really funny. And if okay, I'm done. For now. <laughs> oh man. Uh Thanks. yeah. Sergio, you have you have one more question that we asked last week and then Yeah, let's and do a it. New one. Yeah. We have a couple of answers from our question last week, which was if you could buy only one game for any system for the rest of twenty twenty, what would you get? Uh Napping Rat said he's interested in the rumored Save Our Salmons spin off game, which I didn't know about, and it sounds interesting. I'm I'm into that. Nice, yeah. Nice answer. It's been off of Splatoon, by the way. Yeah. Ooh. And Dragon said the safe and most probable answer is Animal Crossing. Nice, but he's saying his most hype answer right now is probably Wonderful 101 because a, he loves the game, and b, it was announced to be coming back on his birthday. So. He says, answering anything else would feel wrong to me. But, Dragon, you did answer something else. You said Animal Crossing. <laughs> so, there you go. Fair enough. And that's my answer, of course. Animal Crossing. I mean, really? like I kind of even uh, joked about at the beginning, Nintendo could be quiet for the rest of the year as long as they don't delay this game for me. And I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, my answer go, completely go. depends on if we're expecting uh, any of the rumored games this year or the games we kind of know and develop are in development, but <clears throat> maybe right. not coming. Like if Breath of the Wild Two is a thing, that's obviously my answer. Um, mm. But I can't necessarily count on that this year. So right of the things I can count on, um, honestly, probably Bravely Default Two uh, at this point mm. would oh, that's be a good the one. one. Because that's the only one that I'm like super hyped for that is not like a remake of a game I've already played. So right, hopefully it's not a remake of a game I've already played. <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually know that, but uh, it doesn't look right. like it is. No, that's a good nice. choice, and hopefully it comes out this year. Um, knocking on wood, if you can hear that. I think it definitely is. But okay, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, given the nature of the question, if I just, if just one game for the rest of the year, <sighs> I gotta any say, system. any system, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake is not my choice. I would not want to play that for the rest of the year. Oh, I want to play that for you know probably a good few months. But I gotta say, a game, a series of a game that I've never played ever. <sighs> Animal Crossing. I got. I gotta say that that would be the game. Oh wow! Really? I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, if I just given my schedule and you know with work and different hobbies and obviously uh, you two and our awesome Discord community, I think Animal Crossing would be my choice. Um, I've heard a lot about it. You know, I've never actually owned an Animal Crossing game, but I think that this would be if they had just one. It's gotta be new. Horizon, so nice, awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, boring answer, but I think it's the right one for me. So, oh uh, boy, nice. I, I, yeah, okay. Well, question for this week is: You are tasked to spend the whole week with either Dimitri, Edelgard, or Claude. Who do you choose? And do you spend it in our world or in the Fire Emblem world? I like this. It's very tied into our game of the month. Hooray. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have, I'm like just into this, the DLC right now. And it is so good so far, even though I've only played it for like one and a half hours. But man, <laughs> it's so good. Well, you're like, what, a fifth of the way through then. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, you know, it's. Boy, oh, I'll be ready for that one. Yeah, when we talk about it. So, yeah, cool, nice. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We're gonna jump out of here, but you can keep the discussion going by chatting with us on our Discord group. The description for this episode has a link to our Discord if you would like to join. We are also on Twitter and on Instagram as Nintendo Jump, and we also have a Facebook group. Please send us any feedback you have at Nintendo Jump Podcast at gmail.com. The best way to support the show is through our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash nintendojump, or by leaving a review for the show in your favorite podcast application. We would really appreciate it. This is Sergio, and on behalf of Daryl and Kevin, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. See ya. That is a tune from one of my favorite games, The Legend of Heroes: Chills in the Sky, first chapter. Why though? Actually, second. Actually, second. Why? Not the second. Oh. Why? Because it's good. Okay. What else do I? Uh, okay. Second chapter. Second chapter. Bye, guys. Don't get mad at me, Neon Falcon. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.